Welcome to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume Rx, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth, all through the lens of nursing. Well, hey there. Welcome back to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. It's your host, Amanda Guarneri, and I am super excited to have you here today. I am sitting at my dining room table and the sun is shining. It is a beautiful 70 degree day in November, which is totally ridiculous. I usually record my podcast in my office in the basement, which you would not know because this is an audio show, not a video show. But uh, I just wanted to let you know that I'm sitting in a different spot. I have a little bit of a different perspective today. And I think that sometimes it's good to shake things up, whether physically or metaphorically, kind of getting a new perspective can be really helpful. So I've been doing that lately with my work and just wanted to share that with you and kind of let you know this lovely view that I'm seeing. And you may hear some dog noises in the background or an echo, and that's okay. I'm in embracing the fact that it's more important for me to be sitting here um, with this new perspective than it is for me to be in my kind of perfect soundproofed little office space. So so today we're going to, today's a solo episode, by the way. I know that we've had a lot of interview shows recently, uh, but I'm excited to bring you a couple of solo shows. And today I'm going to be talking about my story. I know that we're several episodes, 20 plus episodes into this podcast already, and I haven't really shared a lot about my professional journey, um, but I get asked a lot about it. So I wanted to dedicate an episode exclusively to telling you kind of about me and how I became a nurse practitioner and kind of my path because it's a little bit non-traditional. Uh, and and ultimately, I think everyone's path is non-traditional, right? Like there's just no one right way to do things. So hopefully you will feel encouraged or inspired by my story because chances are you might see a little bit of yourself in my story. And I spend a lot of episodes learning about other nurses and other nurse practitioners and how they have gone through their becoming, so to speak. Um, so I figured, let's tell you about me. So I'm going to take you back to childhood and kind of tell you a little bit about what I wanted to be when I grew up. And when I was younger, like grade school age, uh, you know, I went through the usual things of wanting to be, you know, I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a veterinarian. I wanted to be an astrophysicist. True story. And when I get to high school, I was not one of those people who really had this strong conviction about you know, what I was going to be or what I was going to do with my life. But I knew that there was one thing I wasn't going to do. And that was anything related to science. Because I had an experience, and maybe you can relate, I had an experience where I absorbed this message that I was not good at science. And I was always an honors student. And in junior high and high school, every single one of my classes was honors track. 
except for science when I was in junior high. Junior high was the only class where I was put into regular science rather than honors science. And that meant something to me. I mean, did it really mean something in the grand scheme of reality? Did it mean that I was not good at science? No. But I internalized that message and I just decided that I was not good at science. And I was good at other things. I was good at math. I was good at reading and English. I was good at music. I was good at languages. So I just took that as my message from the universe that science wasn't for me. And, you know, it was a good thing because my mom had told me from a young age that I could do anything that I wanted when I grew up except become a nurse because she was a nurse and she wanted something different and better for me than what she had for herself. So when I was kind of getting on in high school and getting closer to applying to college, figuring out what I wanted to do with my life, I decided to study the things that I was the best at that really felt like a safe place for me. And I was a violinist. I was, you know, hardcore orchestra geek. I was in the Allstate Orchestra. You know, I lived, breathed orchestra all day long. And that to me felt like the next logical thing. So I decided to apply to schools with the intention of becoming a music teacher because I had such amazing music teachers in my life. I was good at music. So I figured that was a logical next step. So that's what I did. I applied to schools. I auditioned. I applied to conservatory schools and some state schools, ultimately getting into a state school, uh, University of Connecticut. It was not my state school. But it was a neighboring state. They had fantastic School of Fine Arts. I had a favorable audition there. And I got scholarship money. So, of course, that was a deciding factor. So that's where I went. I went to UConn. And I was enrolled in the School of Fine Arts. And, you know, I in high school had taken so many advanced placement classes and kind of these like co-enrolled college courses that I was more than a semester ahead when I entered UConn. So I kind of knocked out a ton of my gen ed credits and had some extra time on my hands. So I figured, oh, well, why don't I do something with Italian? Because that was my other, that was kind of the other thing that I wanted to do. I either wanted to do something with foreign languages or music. So I said, well, I guess I can do both. I've got this extra time. So I ended up picking up, first, I wanted to do Italian as a minor, but it was in a different school. So I went to university and I was enrolled in the School of Fine Arts. And the only way that I could do anything degree-ish with Italian was to also enroll in the liberal arts college at the university. So long story short, I ended up enrolling in a dual degree program because I figured out that I could do it in the same amount of time in four years. So that's what I did. I went through college. I spent kind of half my time engrossed in music, the other half in the Italian department. And when I got to my junior year, I decided that I wanted to study abroad in Italy. Uh, It was a way for me to kind of really get a whole bunch of my Italian classes that were needed for graduation. And I found out that I could, you know, find a violin teacher while I was there and do an independent study to keep up with my music. And so that's what I did. So my junior year of college, I went to Ascoli Piceno in Italy. I spent the semester there, had the time of my life. And I, 
you know, that was my first opportunity feeling the sense of independence and and making decisions for myself that weren't really decided for me. It was my first time like living in an apartment and not a dorm. It was my first time navigating this foreign place and having the opportunity to really just examine my life from outside of it. You know, like step out of that everyday day-to-day like expectations of of how my life was supposed to go and that was a really important experience for me. The previous semester, I had already started some music education classes. The way the program was set up, you did, you know, 2 years of music courses and gen ed courses before even starting your first education course and I went at my first education observation and I really didn't like it. I had this gut feeling that this was really not for me. So I was already toying with the idea of leaving the music education track in favor of, you know, just a regular music degree, like a performance degree or, you know, just a regular music degree. And while I was studying abroad, I was just, you know, exposed to all these people who were just living their lives however they wanted to. You know, yes, I was there with other students, but the the workload was very minimal, right? So school was not taking up all of our time. And it left us the opportunity to to decide to travel. We went on so many weekend trips as small groups on our own. And, you know, being in that opportunity of exercising decision-making and really listening to myself was, frankly, it was foreign to me. I was always that person who did what was expected. I was teacher's pet. I got good grades. And, you know, I was following this path of expectation. And that really was the first opportunity for me to kind of decide, like, is this really what I wanted to do? So ultimately, while I was in Italy, and I have I have a journal with journal entries so I can relive this playing out, but I started to think about what the heck I was going to do with my life because I knew that when I got back, I was going to have one more year left of school and then you know, what was next? More school? Was I going to get a job? What was I going to do? So I really had that opportunity to to just be creative and think about what I wanted to do with my life. And I kept thinking of coming back to the idea of the medical field. I had always been really passionate about reproductive health. Like I felt like I was that person that in high school uh, and even in college, like people went to with questions about their bodies and their periods and sex and those types of kind of taboo topics were just things that, you know, I had felt comfortable talking with my mom about. Like I felt not uncomfortable giving advice to friends and counseling others about that type of thing. And while we were studying abroad, one of my friends made an appointment with the doctor because she thought that she had felt a lump in her breast and she asked me to go with her. And I felt such kind of pride and ownership of counseling her through this experience and being there for her and, and making sure that she, you know, felt supported that just kind of put something in my head like maybe I should be in the medical field. What would that mean? Could I do that? Is it too late? And those are the types of questions I was asking myself in my journal. I have it written down. Is it too late to be a nurse? Can I become a physician? Should I be a midwife? Should I deliver babies? So I was really going through 
this self-reflection, self-examination period while I was studying abroad and also having you know, a great time. So ultimately what I discovered was that there were all different programs in my research that were nurse practitioner or midwifery programs that were designed for people who already had bachelor's degrees in another field. And when I when I discovered this, you know, I just remember reading about these programs and and every bullet point was just it was me. You know, like I, I just saw myself in the pages that were like, who this program is for. It was it was for me. It was for people who had studied, you know, other things in undergrad, but had gotten a bachelor's degree. They had completed gen ed requirements. They had done, you know, anatomy and physiology and whatever those other gen ed requirements were. And it was people who felt a strong calling to make a worldly impact, interested in global and public health. And, you know, have the end goal of becoming a nurse practitioner or a midwife. So when I saw these programs, I said, gosh, this, this is the answer. This is, this is a sign that, you know, this is what I want to do. So I, you know, was living in Connecticut at the time because that's where I was going to college. My family was in Rhode Island. And I decided to make a list of five programs that were within, you know, a four-hour driving radius of my parents' house and apply to those programs. And I wanted to do women's health. So I applied to programs that were either women's health or had a combined like women's health and midwifery or women's health and adult because I I knew that I wanted to do more with reproductive health and care of the woman and and maybe care of the baby and prenatal care. So that was that's what I was going to do. So I applied to these programs which were all brick and mortar programs. Several of them were Ivy League schools prestigious schools, like very competitive schools, because that's, at least back then, that's what the programs looked like for direct entry people who were doing an accelerated RN to MSN NP program. That's what the programs looked like, because essentially you had to move there and it was very full-time immersive type programs. Uh, There were really no part-time tracks. So I applied to all five schools. I got into four of them. And Yale was the only place that I went that I applied to that had an interview. I remember that I did apply to Columbia. I went there for, you know, kind of a student shadow day or something. But Yale had a very robust interview process. And I, while I didn't love New Haven when I visited it, I felt that the people that I met at Yale, the professor, in particular, who interviewed me, you know, she was my people. (laughs) I really felt that I connected really well with her and with the organization or with the, the school as a whole. So I ended up getting accepted to four out of five of those programs. I was waitlisted at the fifth one, and I was deciding between Yale and Columbia. And I ultimately decided to go to Yale. The reason that I wanted to go to Columbia was because I wanted to live in New York City and I wanted to have like this romantic sex in the city experience of luxury New York, which I realized very quickly, you know, with the amount of loans I was going to have to take out and the inability to even have a job because of the full-time nature of the program, that that was not going to be my reality. So ultimately, I decided to go to Yale School of Nursing and so super glad that I did. 
so I was accepted in in the, I don't know, the fall or the spring of my senior year of college. And it, it was interesting. So I was still, I was kind of living this double, not a double life, but I I was living in the present moment where I had to finish my degrees, right? I had to finish up my music degree. I had this long term paper to write. I had to give a senior violin recital. I had to finish up my Italian degree and finish up the coursework and the papers there. And in the meanwhile, I was living in this future self of mine, getting accepted to these NP programs and deciding where to go and, you know, visiting and interviewing and putting down deposits. And after I made the decision to go, it was really difficult to stay in the present moment and not, you know, let my mind jump to what was going to be in the next few months. Uh, I got some interesting I don't want to say backlash, but I got some interesting feedback from like my music professors who just didn't understand why I was doing this. I had one professor in particular who told me that I was making the biggest mistake of my life by doing that. And gosh, I just <laughs> I look back on, you know, what my life has turned into since then uh, and how if I hadn't made that decision, everything would have been different. If you ever think back to kind of big deciding moments that are dominoes for the rest of your life, like that was that was a huge domino for me. You know, like if I hadn't made that decision and started this process, then I never would have gone to Yale. And if I had never gone to Yale, then I never would have worked at a nurse at a summer camp and I never would have met my husband and I wouldn't be where I am and have this business and have my kids. And, you know, I could go on and on. That's a a story for a different day. But, you know, if you ever think about those big moments in your life that just kind of, it's two paths that you could have gone down, right? This was a huge divergence of paths for me was this decision. Hey there, friend. If you are a brand new nurse practitioner or an NP student nearing graduation, I have the perfect resource for you that will help you get all your ducks in a row as you get started with your job search. It's called the Nurse Practitioner Graduation Survival Guide, and you can get it totally free at my website at theresumerx.com slash npgrad. This guide will help break down the glossary of all the terms and acronyms that you will need to be applying for. Think NPI and DEA, as well as giving you the typical timeline of everything that needs to happen before you can start working as an NP. I can't wait for you to snag this guide so you can stop worrying about everything you need to do before you can be legit. Go ahead to theresumerx.com slash NPgrad and get it for free. Can't wait to hear what you think. So ultimately, I did graduate and I knew that I was going to Yale. I was getting ready to move to New Haven after summer at home uh, after college. And um, so I want to tell you about the program itself. The program was an intense program. It was a three-year full-time program. And at the end, you got your master's in an NP program. So the program at Yale was a dual program of adult NP and women's health NP. This was before the specialty of adult and gerontology merged into adult gero. Uh, I'm just that old. This was really only uh, 12 years ago, 11 years ago. But anyway, um, so I entered that uh, dual program. And the first 18 months of the program was intense 
Well, actually, it was a little bit less than eight. It was probably a little bit more than a year. Um, the first, that first year was intensive nursing education. So from day one, we were thrown into clinicals as well as very intensive med surge didactic. So we always had concurrent clinicals and didactic throughout the whole program, which I think is a little bit different than how a lot of places do things. So we were a cohort of about 75 people who were all in the same situation. We all had previous degrees, many of whom had previous careers. You know, I was definitely one of the youngest in my class, having gone from graduating with my bachelor's right into this program. There were people in their 40s and 50s who had had law careers and, you know, all sorts of full, <laughs> fully developed careers before making this decision. So I was definitely, you know, on the younger side of things. But we were a really close-knit group. We had all moved from different parts of the country to live in New Haven to go to this program and you know, the the social aspect of the program, you know, the friendships that were created were as transformative as the academics because this was an intensive program. It was difficult academically. There was a lot on the line. We were paying a lot of money to, to go there. It was a competitive program. And um, yeah, I'm not sure that I would have been as successful without the support of the people that I went through the program with. So we kind of broke off into our little cohorts of friends. And those are still, you know, probably some of my best friends that I have today. So that first year or so, we studied all the different nursing specialties, all the, you know, the traditional RN clinicals that you went through, we went through. And we took the NCLEX about 14 or 15 months later after we had completed all that coursework and we were eligible to test. We all took the test and we all passed and we all kind of moved right into the master's portion, which was also full time. So there were many of us who got jobs, not necessarily right away. So really the first opportunity to get a job was the summer after, I guess, the first full year you could say. Um, or it might have even been after that. I don't know. The summer in between the second and third year was when I got a job, my first job. And that was the first time that we had off from school. The first break that we had was between the second and the third year. So I got a nursing job working at a summer camp. So I got to practice like wilderness, wilderness medicine and basic first aid. It was a really non-traditional first nursing job, but it was definitely a good opportunity for me to kind of like exercise some confidence and practice some autonomy. And it was uh, where I met my husband. So I'd say that it was a good choice. And I did that just for the summer. And then when school got back in session and I started my third and final year of my master's program, I got a job working per diem at Planned Parenthood in their post-operative recovery room, uh, which was a great opportunity for me as well. So because school was full-time, uh, there was not much more that I could handle from a working perspective other than per diem work. So I worked most weekends as a nurse while doing two specialties of clinicals, essentially. So it was a dual adult and women's health, and and none of the clinicals could count for the other. So 
you know, basically did double the amount of clinical hours because I needed to be eligible for both exams. And yeah, finished up that final year, sat for my boards, worked at Planned Parenthood a little bit more that summer as I decided where I was going to be working. And, you know, this is where kind of the the personal life side of things converged with the professional side. And my boyfriend, who is now my husband, he was moving to Ohio for his job. And he he did that in the spring of my last semester. And so we had been dating a little bit less than a year. And I decided that once I graduated, I wasn't going to apply for licensure in Connecticut. I was going to apply for licensure in Ohio and move out there to be with him. So I did my job search from afar after graduation. And that's when I started to learn some of the tools that I now teach in terms of how to reverse engineer your job search. So I had kind of evaluated when we're, where were we going to be living, the places that I wanted to work. And rather than focusing on job openings, I was focusing on finding the places that were going to be the best fit for me. So ultimately, I uh, took a job working at a college health center, student health, which was an amazing first job. I really recommend it as a first NP job. It suited me so well because the patients were really healthy and, you know, college kids. It was basically, you know, routine health maintenance, gynecology, and urgent care type visits. And what that Uh, afforded me was the ability to learn how to take care of patients, start to finish on my own, how to maintain a schedule, how to, you know, focus on appointment times and getting my notes done and all those things that are difficult about that first year. You know, the the medicine is, is difficult, of course, but we've studied for that. We know how to utilize those resources. We hopefully are in a place that's supportive where we have you know, other people who can help us with decision making. But the other thing that you need to learn how to do is, you know, see your patients on time and finish your charts and submit your super bills and and all that. And so this was a really good first job to be able to learn to do that. And it was incredibly supportive. Um, I had the opportunity to learn the kind of hands-on urgent care type procedures that I hadn't learned in school because not all nurse practitioners, actually very few nurse practitioners get like suturing skills and IND skills in school. So I fortunately had a very supportive physician supervisor slash collaborator who, uh, you know, I told him what I wanted to learn and he made sure to help me get those opportunities. So uh, that was my first job. I worked there only a year, which is common, (laughs) common for a lot of new grads. And the reason why I left was I got a little bit bored with healthy patients. I wanted to take care of people that were a little bit sicker. And I was also commuting about an hour each way. And that from a lifestyle perspective, wasn't ideal. So I ended up taking a job very, very close, like within a mile of our home at a hospital right near where we lived. And I took an office job working in pain management. It was an interventional pain management practice. So it was not a lot of med medication management. It was mostly procedures and uh, a very supportive physician who uh, I was her first NP hire and, you know, really a great opportunity for learning and so that's where I worked for the next couple of years. And, and while I was working there, I wanted to get serious about paying down my loans. So I got a per diem job working in the ER at that same hospital. And it was through a connection that 
physician I was working for, you know, I had told her, I said, hey, I want to, you know, look for something on the weekends because it was an office job. I couldn't work any more than I was currently working there. And she said, oh, let me introduce you to so-and-so who's the medical director at the ER. Long story short, I started there on the weekends and I ended up loving it so much. I worked there per diem for about nine months. And uh, at the end of that calendar year, after I had worked in the pain management office for about two years, I decided to go full-time with the ER group there. Uh, And so that was how I transitioned into emergency medicine. And that was in like 2013, 2014. And so the rest is pretty smooth sailing from there. We had another relocation to upstate New York. And when I was looking for a job there, I had all this ER experience. I knew I wanted to stay in the ER. So similarly to the method that I teach, rather than looking for job postings online, I researched the biggest hospitals in the area and found two competing hospital networks, reached out to them both directly and and ultimately, I had job offers from both of them and chose the better fit. And that's where I worked up until we moved here to New Jersey in summer of 2019. And in the meantime, while we were living in New York, I did start the Resume Rx as a, you know, a nice little side hustle uh, because I had gone part-time at work after having our twins. And when we moved here to New Jersey, I was pregnant with my third baby. And I didn't want to get a clinical job right away because I was super pregnant. So I decided to really ramp up uh, this business and to not take it more seriously because I did take it seriously before, uh, but really make it more of a focus than it had been because it was going to be my primary source of, of income, you know, from my side of the household anyway, until I was ready to go back to clinical work. So I took it a little bit more seriously, started to grow. This was, you know, late 2019, early 2020. And uh, late 2019 was when I signed a contract. I interviewed, I got a, a job offer for a per diem job in a local emergency department here in the New York City area. And my credentialing took forever. And if you've listened to, oh, what episode is it? If you've listened to one of the earlier episodes, let me find the number. I can find it. I think it's number, uh, I don't know which one it is, but it's one of my first four episodes and it's my story about what happened during COVID-19 for me. And so if you listen to that episode, you kind of know the story that I had a job that I had accepted and credentialing was taking forever. And when my credentialing was finally done, um, when it was ready, it was the beginning of April, 2020. It was peak COVID, no PPE, you know, really kind of the thick of it. Uh, And I decided not to pursue that job. My kid's school had been canceled. I didn't have a babysitter for the baby. So I decided that, you know, I would extend this clinical sabbatical until further notice. And so that was the story of 2020 for me. So that brings us to today where COVID is still a thing. (laughs) The pandemic is still a thing. My older kids have gone back to school, preschool. It's 100% outdoor. And even still, as we are kind of in the middle or preparing for this second big wave, even that's up in the air. So ultimately, my clinical sabbatical continues. I'm not sure when I will get back into clinical work, probably sometime next year. But even if that doesn't happen, that's okay because this opportunity to, you know, 
grow this business has been just a tremendous opportunity for me. And and honestly, it's been one of the greatest joys of my life to be able to take my years of experience, which I have just outlined for you in a <laughs> the last 33 minutes, um, and really pass on some of my best decisions, some of my best skills when it comes to navigating the professional world, to be able to pass that along to the next generation or the younger generation of nurse practitioners, you know, the up and coming junior nurse practitioners, let's call you. It really brings me such immense joy and satisfaction, arguably more than taking care of patients, which I know sounds terrible, but honestly, it is the truth. To be able to help you find, land, and love your job and make impact in your patients, even being a small part of that story, makes me feel like I'm having such wide impact, more impact than I could ever have taking care of patients one-on-one. So I just wanted you to know that. And I wanted to round out this episode by by thanking you for being here, for listening to my story, for for taking my thoughts and the things that I have to say and respecting them and letting them help you uh, kind of be a part of your story too. So I'm going to wrap things up for today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know it's a little bit different than what we've done before. I would really love to hear from you. If you have questions, if there's something more that you want to hear about this story that you'd like me to cover in another episode or just something that resonated with you, maybe DM me on Instagram at the resume RX or take a screenshot and post it and tag me in it. That would really bring me so much joy to know that this episode meant something to you as it does to me. So until next time, I'm always rooting for you and I'll catch you again next week. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and making it all the way to the end. If you found today's episode helpful, would you take a minute and give me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts? It will truly help other nurses find this show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I cannot wait to connect with you again soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.